With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to an episode of the Stratycast. My name is Dale O'Donnell, your host, and on the podcast this week, I'm honoured to be joined by a former Manchester United midfielder, Willie Morgan, who signed for the Reds in 1968. We also have Callum on the podcast, a friend of mine who you'll know from, from Twitter, and this, this podcast is supposed the first one where us Irish have been outnumbered by Scots. Um, Willie, how are you? How are you keeping? I'm very well. I'm very well, yeah. So, things are good. The weather's lovely here in, well, sunny Manchester, South Manchester. And uh, in fact, probably just waiting on a phone call from one of your compatriots, Brian McFadden. He's my golf partner. Okay. okay. And he's a big red, massive red, you know. So I play a lot of golf with Brian. So I'm just waiting on ringing about to play. Did you ever get to do a bit of karaoke with Brian? Uh, I think I just let Brian do the karaoke. He's a better (laughs) singer than me. In fact, he's a fantastic singer. And just starting. In fact, they're just doing a new thing. Boys' life. Him and him and uh, Keith, Keith Duffy, and uh, I think he was on the radio yesterday. Brian doing an interview about the new album and whatever. Anyway, we diverse. But again, massive red, and uh, obviously delighted that we finished third. Fantastic. Great, Callum. I, I haven't really got to speak to you since we finished third. It's a bit of a relief, I suppose, we go into the Europa League campaign. Obviously. We still want to win a trophy this season. It's important for Solskjaer to do so. Um, Callum, do you think the players are going to be hungry for that, even though they've got third in Champions League in the bag? I think they will be because when you look at the, the pre-season this year, it's going to be quite strange regardless because normally you're used to United going on a tour of America or, or the Middle East or China. But I think the fact that they're going to be based closer to home and they've got these Europa League games 
with the opportunity to, to win a trophy, something that will be very important for Solskjaer as well, I think means they will take it seriously. I, I do feel for Las Glins and the fact that when 5 0 down and then having to play this second leg after many months of not playing themselves, it, it's a strange situation in regards to that game. I think he'll play some young players, but I think there'll be a balance. Um, but I think for those United players, you, you think of like Sir Mason Greenwood, he'll be so hungry to win his first major trophy as a player. And so will some of the others. So I think it can only be a positive. You think of Bruno Fernandes as well. Across mm-hmm. continental Europe, lots of people really like the Europa League or the old UEFA Cup. And alone in the UK, we can be quite downtrodden on it. In continental Europe, it's, 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 it's a trophy that has real pride. So I don't think Bruno Fernandes, if he's involved in the pitch, will be, will be letting up any time soon when it comes to winning a trophy. Willie, I wanted to ask you about United this season and under Solskjaer. Have you seen enough to say confidently that we're heading in the right direction? Let me tell you, what he's done since he came here is a miracle. We were in deep, deep trouble with a bunch of the worst players we've had in many, many, many years. All left there by Mourinho, of course. And what he's actually done is phenomenal. To finish third, you could have had a million to one when he arrived. If someone said, oh, he'll get us up there, we'll finish third. No one would believe it. So, of course, he's going the right way. He's got a long way to go yet. For me, he's the right man. He's been the right man since he came. I I think the kid is different class. He's got a great attitude. He knows what he's looking for. He's still saddled with a lot of very, very, very average players. And he's got to get rid of them. But it's not that easy. Because, you know, they're on phenomenal wages and no one will take them. So, um, yeah, of course, he's going the right way. But... And I've said many times, it's a five-year project to get us back up there. You know, I don't expect him to go out and win the European Cup or whatever they call it nowadays, the Champions Cup, whatever. It's, um, I just think he's, he's, he's doing the right things. The players obviously love him. The players love him. Uh, the, only, the only thing that I saw last week, and I hope it was a misprint in the paper, that he wants to bring Sanchez back and give him a chance. Well, mm, I hope that was a misprint because it don't, we don't want him back here in any way, shape or form. So, but no, I, yeah, the right man, the right man for the right job. I recall a podcast you did with Callum not long ago and you said that Alexis Sanchez would only be welcome back to clean boots. Are there any other United players on the books at the moment that you think you're fed up with, really? Oh, no, there's, I mean, Mourinho's buys leave a lot to imagination. Matic, uh, Pogba, the, he, he's made, he brought a lot of bad people in. Um, but this guy will, I tell you, he'll turn it around. I, I really do think he'll turn it around. But it's going to take time. He's already started. And, you know, and they've been slagging Diggy. Uh, he'll come good again. We need, we need a proper defence. There's lots of things we need, but he knows that. But it's going to take time. He's not going to do it overnight. You know, give the guy a chance. Yeah, if we win the Europa Cup, it'd be fantastic. It doesn't matter if we don't. He's there to build a new team, a new squad, a team that can compete and, and win the league and win the Champions Cup or whatever. That's what his job is. 
is to turn it all around. And I think you will. I mean, it, but again, it's time. Everybody always oh, in the right mind, he's the right mind. Leave him alone. Let him get on with it. He is the right man, but it's going to take time. That's all it is. I think this season definitely proven that he's, you know, finished third. No one would have said he would have done that when he first came in. No one really gave him a chance. People were christening him a PE teacher. Quite disrespectful, to be honest with you, because he's proven all those people wrong. And I hope he continues to do that. Callum, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Willie's named a few <laughs> players that, um, that he's mentioned, like Alexis Sanchez, that he, he wouldn't want back at the club. Who would be your pick for player of the season, Callum? It's difficult, that question, because the first half of the season was, was really poor. And I think, if I'm trying to think of a player who's been consistently really good over the course of the season, I, I'm struggling. Um, because I think Rashford and Martial in the first half of the season had peaks and troughs because of the system United were playing. They were playing on the counter. And I think if teams played a low block, it was, it was difficult for, for United to break that down pre Pre Fernandez, <laughs> I'm going to get really, I'm going to get hammered for this, but for me, I would say Fernandez, and I know he's only been here since January. But I think the the impact he's had in this United team would merit that because, quite simply put, without his presence of being able to unlock defenses, I don't think we'd have finished in the top four, if I'm honest, or, or third. Sorry, um, I, I don't think we would have. And I know people have criticised his last couple of games, saying he was quite leggy, but. He puts some amount of shift in every time he was on the pitch. And, and when you think of what he was achieving at Sporting before he arrived at Manchester United, I mean, he was their best player. He was scoring goals for fun in the Europa League for them. He was their captain. He was their talisman. Then he's come into United and, and, and continued that form. And I think the impact he's had on the team would make him player of the year. And just to throw a bonus in, young player of the year, I would give to Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I think um, good player. Um, it's really good defensively. I think he looks he looks very, very awkward going forward at times and can be awkward on the ball. But I think, as, as Willie said already, I think Ollie knows these things and they're working that. But as I say, player of the year would be Fernandez because of that impact. But I think Aaron Wan-Bissaka also deserves a special mention because I remember his battle with Raheem Sterling this season and, and by God, he had him on toast. There was a point this season, probably before Bruno Fernandez arrived, where Scott McTominay would have been a show for this award when he was shown his importance and his influence on the team. Willie, as, as, as a, seen as he's Scotland international now, what would you make of his progression at United from youth team into the first team and how quick he's adapted? Well, he's, you know, the, the thing about him is he, he sticks his foot in. He's the, he's the new Nobby Styles. <laughs> he, he'll get stuck in. And you need someone like that. It's a blend. Fernandez on the ball. You know, he's your Paddy Crown, uh, Bobby Charlton. Then you've got Mick Tommy, who, for me, is the Nobby Styles. And you need him there. Then you need, and we need one more in midfield. And, you know, Callum was saying about um, Rashford and uh, Martial in the first half of the season. They got no service. They got no service. Mourinho, I tell you what, he plays 10 men behind the goalie. He's dreadful. They're dreadful to watch. So the people up front, the, it killed them. And it's only since Ollie came that they started going forward again, you know, playing the ball forward, which is fantastic for the, I mean, obviously forwards need that. And they need the ball to get there quick so they get into space and, you know, it gives them chances. Um, and player of the year, I'd give it to Greenwood. Okay. I think what the, kid, what the kid has done 
in a short space of time is fantastic. He looks like, as Rashford, I mean, I, I, Rashford will make it, and I think Greenwood will make it as well. Uh, I, I know on one of the podcasts, we, somebody asked about Harry Kane. Yeah, I like Harry Kane as well, because I'm a great believer, as we are, in attacking football. And as you probably know, my opinion of coaches there is not, uh, not the best. I don't believe in coaches, I believe in managers. Um, because if you buy a player and have to tell them how to play, why would you buy him in the first place? Yeah. But that's what a coach does. A manager doesn't do that. He buys the end product. Um, so, and I think all he is, I don't think so much a coach. I think he's more like the manager. Yeah. He knows what he's doing for. He knows it. You know, football's a blend. You can't have 11 Willie Morgans in your team or 11 George Bess or 11 Bobby Chowntons. It's a blend. For every Bobby Chowton, you need a Dobby Styles. For every Dobby Styles, you need a Paddy Crown. So, and, and it's like the old forwards. You know, we obviously we played with wingers back then. But we created chances for the Dennis Laws and for Brian Kidd. We, we were the ones that created the chance. And it is a blend. Everyone had a, a function. But under a coach, I don't know, they go backwards, sideways, they go anywhere but <laughs> towards the goals. And it's just a breath of fresh air, what Ollie's done. Absolute breath of fresh air. We, we will, you know, we're not going to win the league next year, I don't think. But I think we'll be up there, we'll be in contention just because of him. Not because of anything else, just because of him. But he's still got a bit, you know, he's got a lot of work to do still to get the team he wants. No, absolutely. And one of the subjects you focus on greatly in your book on the wing is United's failure to build upon the 1968 European Cup success following your arrival. Yeah. You didn't seem in favour of Wilf McGuinness, who replaced Matt Busby. I think that's an, an understatement, Dale. An understatement. I was going to say, would that be a fair assumption, Willie? <laughs> a fair assumption? No. <laughs> he was much worse than that. <laughs> he was deadly. Um, and I've said a million times, the idea was right to a point from within the club and keep, keep it flowing, keep it there. He was just the wrong man. I mean, oh, thousand percent the wrong man. Um, but the idea, and you know, again, I've said many times, there were two players at the time would have been perfect to take over from, from the gaffer. That would have been either Bobby Charlton or Paddy Crown. And then you would have kept, you know, kept it the same and just, as, as players were finishing, and they were, you know, there were some of the players come to the end of their careers, and they would have been replaced by someone of an equivalent uh, status uh, and ability. But Wilf, he was the first of one of the early coaches. He, he, you know, it's amazing. We never lost a game on the blackboard. It was phenomenal, that blackboard. We could have won <laughs> everything in the world. It was stupid. We used to sit and look at each other, best he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and what is this guy talking about? He's talking garbage. And we just used to sit and laugh. But then, of course, he, you know, he took it out on us. He, he wanted to get every one of, of Matt's people out the team. That was his plan. Get what, rid of them. One of the things that I think, I think it's a bit of a myth, to be honest, when I look at, especially at your career and the managers that you witnessed, there was a time when Ferguson was there for so long 
um, me as a fan and speaking to fans and people would say, oh, in the old days that they, they, or they, they gave managers way more time, whereas nowadays they're, they're less patient. But I look at your time at Manchester United and there was a number of managers. Was it just as hostile when things weren't going well as it is now? When you look at, say, when Van Gaal was manager and, and David Moyes was manager, of course, the end of Mourinho's reign, and even some parts of this season when things weren't going well for Solskjaer, fans were straight away, a lot of fans were, you know, reacting and, and already thinking it's time for change. Has that even changed when you, when you played football? Was there always that kind of lack of patience with coaches and managers? No. Well, there's no coaches, but I played. Hmm. I always remember, we had a trainer, somebody gets fit, uh, and you had a manager. There was no coaches in the game then. Um, the unfortunate thing is said that, unfortunate for Man United, unfortunate for me, uh, and Bestie and, and Dennis and Paddy at the time, and Bobby, that the appointed Wilf, they thought it was the right idea, they said to keep, keep it in the club. Uh, it was just the wrong, the wrong person. And then, of course, come we've got Father of Faro, Frank, who uh, was a nice guy, but he hadn't a clue either. You know, he, he, he's just, he was a nice guy. But, and then, of course, uh, Tommy Dockery, who, in, you know, history now, what happened with Tommy and, and me. And then it just went on and on and on. And then Alex came along, and the one thing, you know, that, 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 I used to play golf with the gaffer, the old gaffer, Matt, three or four times a week. We played golf. And we used to go on holiday together and we spent a lot of time with families on holiday. And the one thing that he wanted was continuity. So when Alec, and Alec, for the first five years, Alec struggled. Alec was having a nightmare. But Matt made sure that, you know, the board, Louis, at the time, Louis Edwards, they give him a chance. Just leave him. Let him come through it and let him. And, of course, you know, he did. Went on, did great things. And it is continuity. You can't keep chopping and changing. And, unfortunately, when Alex retired, you know, he, he brought in Moyes, who was, you know, he was all right, but he, he, he was the wrong man again. He was another Wolf McGuinness, especially when he brought that geezer with a haircut. Oh, my God. What a nightmare he was. I know you're laughing. I totally I agree. He was that bad, I forgot his name. Delaney. Uh, anyway, he was the wrong man. And then Van Gaal. Van Gaal was a dummy, you know. And Mourinho, as I say, he parked the bus behind the goals. We didn't attack. It was crazy. And I, you know, I thought, when he was at Chelsea, and they won the league, yeah, they won the league, but they're the most boring team on the planet. They were dreadful. And then people sent me, Would, I, I think it'd be great because... Yes, he gets a winning mentality, and I'm sure he will change his tactics. And he'll play, you know, what United's famous for attacking football, people with flair. You win, you win playing great football. You don't win by playing dreadful football. And I thought, you know, he's a bright guy. He'll change. He'll come and he'll buy attacking players. And then he brought Matic. Holy dear, oh dear. Anyway. Um, and it's just been a succession. And now Ollie's here. And, you know, it's a breath of fresh air. He's a breath of fresh air, Ollie. And I just but give him time. Stop saying, is he the right man? Is he this? Is he that? Leave him alone and just mm. let him get on with it. 
And then in 10 years' time, say, isn't it amazing all the stuff we've won? We play great football and we've got great players again. So that's, you, my, that's my wish. In, in many ways, you kind of epitomise what Manchester United fans love to see in a pitch and attack on football. You were part of a team that and many United fans that witnessed it would say was the most entertaining team when we come up from the old second division. When you played under Sir Matt Busby and you mentioned about the way we played, how important was it for him that he stressed that we played in that attacking manner and entertained every week? Well, you, you know... I know, I know that wasn't Matt Busby that season, but he would have, as you mentioned, continuity. No, no, you know, and, well, and, and, and bring that he, never, he never did that. He never said... You know, he'd come in before a match and he'd say, oh, you know, oh, we're playing Spurs today. We've got a couple of good players. Keep your eye on them, you know. We've got a couple of good players, um, uh, but just look after them and just enjoy it. Get out there and, you know, do what you do and, and, uh, and win. And that's what we did. He, he, there was no tactics at all, ever. And then he never came in at half time. You never saw him. He'd come in at full time and say, oh, well played, great game. Uh, have, a, have a good weekend and uh, see you on Monday. He was, he was a manager. You know, in his view, the fact you were on the pitch because you were the best person in that position to play for Manchester United, he didn't have to, he's never going to tell you how to play, never going to try and tell you how to play. And he, the reason you're there, because you're the best. After you you wouldn't be here. Alex Stephanie told me the exact same thing about the European Cup final when he spoke to the players. There, there was no team talk. He believed in everyone. And I think he had a had a, a small chat with Nobby Styles, and he asked him to take um, Eusebio for Eusebio. Short, short kick, kick him as much as you can. <laughs> <Kick>. <laughs> you know, the, the one thing about Nobby is, you know, he, he had uh, contact lenses, Nobby, and uh, sometimes he couldn't get them in. So he was kind of blind on the pitch. And everyone used to say, steer, could you kick anything? It moved. You didn't know where it was. You didn't know it was one of theirs or one of us. So, Nobby was brilliant at what he did. You know, I met Eusebio in America. We were both playing out there. He was playing for Las Vegas, the whole team. Thank God. And we, we had a chat. And he said, you know, I said, yeah, Nobby. He said, how is Nobby? I said, he's still kicking people. He's all right. <laughs> Yeah, but he had no, he was a great player, you know, another one of the great players, so, but it was a different, you, 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 can't, you know, for Matt, not just Matt, Joe Mercer, Bill Shankly, uh, all the, the great minds of that era, you can't tell people how to play, as I said, you were there because you could play, and you just had to do your job, and Again, going back to the old, you couldn't hide because I'm playing against the left back. I'm not playing against the inside forward. I'm playing against the left back. And my job was to skin him and create chances. And if I didn't do that, then he was obviously playing very well, uh, which didn't happen too often. But he, um, there, there was no, the, the only thing you'd ever get from Matt on a Monday we said, you know, well played. Did you enjoy it? Good, good. Yeah, carry on. Fantastic. Uh, or if you if you had a little bit of a you say, all right, everything okay? Yeah, it's fine, Gaffer. Yeah, okay, you know. Uh, just carry on. Uh, and that was all he did. It, <laughs> it was weird. 
But it was the same with every manager. The, you know, the, it's all changed. The advent of coaches. Well, they created it themselves, coaches. And, Have they overcomplicated uh, things, Willie? Overcomplicated things. They're a joke. They're a joke. I mean, I've seen players in the latter part of my career when you got an odd coach asking the bench, what, what shall I do now? Where shall I go? <laughs> what are you talking about? Mm. They, they, they've ruined the game as we know it. It's so technical. Uh, defence, defence, defence. Pass the ball backwards, sideways, anywhere. You know, can you imagine Bestie getting the ball or me getting the ball and turning back and passing it back to, to Shaper yeah. and Tony Dunn? Yeah, right. And then said to Matt, you know, coming in at full time, said, well, I thought they might have done a better job than us. Get, you took the people on. That's what you did. And you got the ball. That was your job to go forward, not go backwards or sideways. Um, it was just a different game. You know, the, the, the thing about the old game, Every team had great players. Every team. They had ability. And whether your ability was going down the wing, scoring gold, inside forwards. Um, remember at Burnley when I was a 15-year-old, they had a guy called Jimmy McElroy, one of your countrymen. Uh, inside right he was, Jimmy. Great player. And then you had your two halfbacks. You had a right half and a left half. And all they did was feed you. You know, uh, it it was a simple, you know, I've said many times, football is a simple game played by simple people, made difficult by coaches. I think there's there's a familiar quote out there, football or something was, is a simple game confused by idiots. <laughs> well, yes, that may be another one, but. <laughs> yeah. um, there was an uncanny resemblance, um, which are good self and Georgie Best, obviously playing on the different links, but a similar haircut. And you also experienced life in America as footballers. You were on loan at Chicago, Sting and Minnesota Kicks. Um, what was, what was, what was like living in America like during that period in the late 70s and early you know, 80s? It was, it was Bestie. Bestie went out in 1976. I uh, come back and we were, we were out one night and he said, you know, you must come to America, Willie, you'll love it. He said, it's fantastic for people like him and me, he, you know, just old attacking football, you can, ball, you can dribble, you can do what you want. He said, you must come. And so I said, okay. And then I came out in 1977 to Chicago. He was down in LA and uh, it was a bit of good advice. I loved it. I loved playing in America because it was fun. It was, it was back to the old days of, you know, the old United team, just attacking. Uh, just great to, to be there. I loved it and nearly stayed there. I got offered the job uh, at Minnesota, the manager's job, uh, when I decided to come back. But my, my kids were in school at the time and they hadn't finished their education. I didn't want to move my kids. So, but no, I loved it. I loved every minute of America. It, it was great. Great. Well, and all the great, all the great old players from Europe, you know, you had Hansi Franzi Beckenbauer, Pele, of course, Giorgio Canaglia, uh, Eusebio. I mean, they, they had the who's who of football ended their careers in America. So 
and it, it was just it was just good fun. No, it's great because I know it's, it's short conversation. We we're trying to find as much as we can, but what we've spoke about so far, it, it's an incredible career you had in football. Um, and your book is where we will share a link to that when we're posting this because Willie covers pretty much all of this in his book as well and goes into greater detail about his time at Manchester United. Willie, one of the players that were being closely linked with this season um, is a winger, Jadon Sancho. Is he a player you'd like at Old Trafford? Uh, I've not seen a lot of him, I've got to be honest. Uh, of what I've read, sounds very, very good. Uh, I'm a great believer in wingers. You know, they, they open the game up for the forwards. If you get past the fullback, then the world... I mean, in the old days, you didn't cut inside too often. You went to the byline because that is the, the hardest ball to defend, the ball getting crossed from the byline. And, uh, yeah, I hope... I hope we get him. And then I hope he goes out and buys Lionel Messi. That would make it fantastic. <laughs> Go and get Messi. Break the bank. Open it up. Get rid of all the other rubbish. Get Messi there. Now, that would be fantastic. I think, so. I, I think Willie, you're such a good speaker. If I was in charge of Manchester United, I'd be sending you to, to Barcelona to try and strike a deal with Lionel Messi. You might make him want to come to Old Trafford. I think you would. There you go. I think he would come to Old Trafford. You know something? No matter how bad and, and what we're not, it's still the mecca of football worldwide. It's the biggest name in football and the most fantastic club. My only, the only one that comes anywhere close is Celtic. <laughs> but United is the biggest name. You show me a player that doesn't want to come to Man United uh, and I'll show you Stevie Wonder. It's not possible. Everyone wants to come to Man United. So I think Messi, I think Messi would come just to say he played at Old Trafford. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Willie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and Callum as well for starting this out. I really appreciate it. Um, Callum, how can people listen to, to Willie Morgan's podcast? So um, if you follow Football CFB on Twitter, at Football CFB, and if you're searching for the podcast, if you search Football CFB, Unique Football Content, every show that Willie and I do is on there. Um, or you can go to the website, um, cfbfootball.com, where you will receive links to the show in video format on YouTube, which a lot of people like watching. Um, so basically, uh, I'm, not, I'm nervous that Willie won't agree with me, but the feedback to the show so far has been extraordinary. We, we've been getting around three pages of A4 and questions every week via email so people are interested and and the show's doing really well and and the reason I love it is because he's got so many great stories and and the best thing for the listeners is I'm hearing them for the first time on air the same as you so it's always a pleasure no it's yeah. great and you're you're it's been lovely to talk to you anytime at all you want anything just contact Callum and I'm here for you okay thanks so much and we'll speak again soon come on your reds it's a pleasure Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.